Well, hey, thanks for joining me on this new and improved, what shall we call it? Well, it has to be a Sojourner Pod Week because we're Sojourners and it's a Pod Week. So, but we're doing an amalgam. Two Kingdom Tuesday and Meredith Monday and anything like that all rolled into one. Stay with me. So we are, uh, if you didn't catch the Saturday, that's what I was just ranting on about in that intro. Um, We're just tweaking things up a little bit, just neatening them up, uh, making it a little bit more listenable, moving forward, a little bit more manageable and uh, kind of just uh, trying to tap in on the best of what's going on at the moment. Um, And so um, that kind of works out well because uh, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to meet up with Chris anyway, because, man, that time slot that we have at the moment just totally sucks. So uh, we are trying to work out. In fact, we might have a solution. So hopefully moving forward, that'll be a bit more regular anyway. And uh, we'll have Chris on the show some more. Um, so if I'm really sorry if you were sort of tracking with our perspectivalism Kleinian spiel. Um, we will come back to it, uh, you know, Lord willing. Um, but until then, um, this is the cool thing about this uh, amalgam slot thing in that I don't have to talk about Meredith because it ain't Meredith Monday necessarily. Uh, it could be whatever I want it to be. Isn't that freeing? I feel quite liberated right there. Um, But it is also true that Two Kingdom Tuesday is kind of stuck in my brain on a Tuesday and it is Tuesday for me. And um, it's, you know, it's that Augustine has been on my mind. And um, you know what? I I have been aware actually lately that many people say, Augustine, you shouldn't do that. You should stop doing that immediately. It's Augustine. Everyone knows that. Anyone who's sensible calls the man Augustine. My goodness. Anyways, glad we got that out of the way. But um, I've just finished reading The City of God. So this calls for, if I had some sound effects right now, if I was that cool, I would I would blow whistles and trumpets and we'd be having a little party, you know, just me. Yeah, in my office. Woohoo. It'd be amazing. But really, it was quite a, it caught me by surprise, you know, I just kind of got into those last few pages and and uh, I thought, well, you know, yay, the end of the book. But I was, I was, I was just wrapped by the end of it. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. It was a true, amazing end of a book experience. Um, <clears throat> so I thought I might just, I mean, I got to say something about it. Wow, we, um, you know, that's not an easy book to read. I feel very proud of myself uh, for having got through the whole thing. It took forever to do, um, and maybe just some thoughts for you guys if you are thinking about trying that out i mean obviously augustine is freely available you can go grab that any way you want um, usually you can get it online or from uh, christian classics ethereal library or um you know buy it on kindle for like four bucks or whatever it is uh, most you know logos i don't know you, you know what i mean you, you you know your way around the google webs um i'm sure you'll be fine but um the, the the thing, I suppose, that gets you is it's just, you know, it's it's old language, it's old translation. Um, and I think they have just put out like a, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's on Lagos, just a brand new translation of all of Augustine's stuff, which is very, very tempting. Of course, it costs the earth. You have to donate an organ to get, get one of those uh, downloaded onto your computer. Um, and... You know, I don't know. Is it worth it? 
I mean, maybe you should just learn, suck it up and, and learn to deal with the old language. That's what, that was my approach. I thought, you know what, I've got enough things to pay for and uh, enough new books to buy. Uh, when something's cheap, I've, I'm just going to have to deal with it. So, um, you know, I just got the, the old translation. I think it's pretty stock standard, the Penguin Classics. Um, I should know the guy's name, but I forgot it. Um, anyway, so he, uh, you know, you get into it, basically. It's a little bit quirky and, and weird. And uh, it's just a very Latin-y way of thinking and speaking. It feels like you're reading through John Owen at times, um, you know, because at a similar period, they would have translated much of his Latin-y, Latinish kind of uh, thought process. And, um, oh, it feels like reading an old version of Kelvin's Institutes or something like that. You just get into it. And, um, and, you know, you do fine. Like you actually just start tracking with the guy. It's, it, I find that to read aloud through little difficult bits is usually helpful. Um, to read fast through, uh, difficult bits is helpful. And, uh, you know, so I just thought maybe I'd make a few comments about that sort of thing. If you are, if you are planning on going for it, um, and, uh, just, just to help you not lose heart, you know, which is easy to do with a book like that. Um, one of the, one of my tactics for reading it was just um, to consider that it is really just a, a lot of little books together. So if you read, you know, little books back to back, then uh, you can do this. You just have to stay focused and keep reading. Um, so the twenty two little books, and you could approach, <clears throat> excuse me, approach it that way. Um, and all chapter by chapter, whatever, you know, whatever works and just divide it, you know, and just don't do too much a day. Um, just try and keep it as a regular part of your reading and eventually a little turns into a lot and you get it done. The other um, option, and um, and this is the the approach I took in this, in this um, instance, was just to read as much as I could all the time. So, you know, I'm just cramming reading into every, every free moment in my life. Um... You know, and and just using and one thing I did, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before. I think I did. Um, I, I went through a, a course on Augustine. Um, it was from the great courses called Books That Matter, City of God. Charles Matthews, one of the uh, world authorities on Augustine, and so that was really helpful. It was actually it took about as long to get through that course as it did to get through um, Augustine himself, or at least the City of God himself. Um, but it was well worth it because it just kept me lucid all the way through. I kind of knew what was happening. Uh, it was just ringing uh, with with the themes that have been highlighted prior. But you could do the same thing with some cliff notes or, you know, there's there's no lack of resource on the web. Uh, it, well worth just going through something like that prior. And once you've got, oh, man, can you hear that guy? We've got this crazy guy with a new motorbike running around. we got summertime, guys. Summertime in New Zealand is just difficult to podcast. I've just come to appreciate that. Um, winter's easy. Everyone's inside. No one's making any noise. Summer, everyone's just going crazy. It's like we go a little mad in New Zealand because we never get summer. And when we get it, like everyone's just out doing all sorts of noisy things. So expect crazy noises from me and uh, this side of the world. Um, but back to my train of thought, which was um, something to do with Augustine. What was I saying? Uh, yeah. So you basically want to, you know, if you're going to take that approach, have some sort of guideline in mind and then just jump in and just use whatever resource, you know, so I had it on Kindle, I had it on, uh, you know, with a bookmark and a literal book and, you know, I'm just, I'm just spreading like I've got my Kindle device on, on next to my bed. I've got, you know, the book uh, in this 
one little corner of the lounge. I've got, you know, obviously it's on all the other devices. And if I get a free moment, I'm reading. And I just found that that really helped um, just to get through some of the bulk of it, you know, because otherwise it just really does take a long time if you're not just going for it all the time. But, that, you know, I have some constraints in mind. I wanted to get through it in a reasonable pace. So it really depends one way or another. Yeah, I suppose you just want to know that you're making progress and you're feeling good about their progress. The other thing um, to just keep in mind as you go through um, a difficult book, which you, you can expect to not understand everything, you know, unless you're wanting to obviously master everything that he's saying, you know, that, that would take a lot more work and it would, uh, you know, I think um, it would require you to stop and, and go and look at the background and see everything that's happening. And that would pay its, its dividends, but that would be kind of a different goal. I think my goal was simply to read the text and just know where I was confused, just to almost feels like reading Leviticus the first time, you know, you don't know what it's about, um, but you're glad that you read it because now you know it's there and you know what what you were, you know, confused about and what everyone gets bored with. And, and, you know, and then you can, then you can work from there. So there's sometimes just value in even not understanding what you're reading, but just knowing what exactly has been said and how difficult it is. And a lot of the times you see that that stuff gets overinflated in that, you know, it's actually not that difficult or you can kind of track with it. Um, or sometimes you realize, okay, well now I see what everyone's going on about. Um, but you know, it stays with you one way or another, I think, um, and it's helpful just to give you a, a, a real, you know, back to the sources feel about, hey, this is what this book actually said. So, and then you can always go back and you can work through those things that you feel would be relevant. I, I would say the same thing for Kelvin's Institutes, even, you know, you've got to just, you've got to just march on through some portions, otherwise you will just never get through, a, you'll, unless you're willing to like spend the rest of your life on it, which is fine. You know, that would be an admirable goal on its own. But um, that was my goal. So, um, you know, just read, read, read and power read uh, is what I was going to say. Just keep, keep reading, you know, even when you feel, oh, I just haven't understood what he said for the last 10 pages. Um, doesn't matter. Keep reading. Uh, just do, pull a little Mortimer Adler, uh, how to read a book. You know, you just got to read above your abilities. And, uh, and, and that somehow just does something good, apparently. Um, and then... The uh, other thing I would say is that if you're not wanting to necessarily read the whole thing and kind of take more of a, we actually will cover a little bit of it. And when I say a little, I mean a real little, like a page or something, uh, eventually with me and Nick as we move through um, the whole history of the church literature thing. Uh, and so stay with us for that if that's all you're, you need out of this. Um, but if you did want to dive in, I would say this, like, you know, it's... The first, what is it? Let's have a look at this uh, table of contents here. Um, I would say like you are, I mean, the, the pretty much from chapter, from book 19 at least, um, through to the end is where the, all the gold is. You know, and it, well, as I say that, you miss these little bits along the way, I suppose. But, you know, a concentrated like, wow, this is riveting, almost like a pre-biblical theology thing going on. Um, book 19 for me was just, and then all the way through the end was just riveting. I mean, he's talking about, it's almost like he clicks over from philosophy into straight up doctrine. So you, you know where you are, you can engage with what he's saying a lot better. And, and, uh, it's amazing how relevant everything he's saying is and how almost contemporary it feels. I mean, uh, his whole section in, um, book, uh, what was it? Book 20, uh, on hell, 
um, and judgment and, um, and and I suppose going all the way through when he discusses uh, discusses punishment uh, in book twenty one and uh, yeah in fact all the way through to twenty one at the end when when he's dealing with the concept of hell I mean you start seeing his where exactly his uh, purgatory ideas would have come from or, or the ideas that the Catholic Church would have run with uh, you certainly um, you see something very relevant in he his absolute refutation of the idea of annihilationism um, maybe not in exactly the same form as we have it today um, but man I mean no annihilationism doctrine could withstand what Augustine uh, just refutes from beginning to end so it is very very good at that regard uh, just from a complete polemic level uh, if you're interested in that and so, yeah, just jump straight into a certain book. It's almost like each book does deal with a separate thing, so you can't do it that way. It doesn't necessarily, I don't feel like you'd lose too much by not reading the, the beginning. Uh, the beginning is really all about, well, the first, most of the books are all about just just refuting the, the, the pagan charge that, um, you know, you have Christianity bringing about the, the fall of Rome. And so he, he deals with that, certainly. But again, a lot of that's quite abstract and, um, as I said before, it has relevance, I think, for us in that it just completely refutes superstition and uh, turns um, atheism and paganism and all of those things on its head. And even, I would say, ironically, the, the Roman Catholic Church and much of what comes later after Augustine uh, feels the rebuke of what he says there. Um, but uh, if, if that's not really what you're into and you want to get the city of God part, the, the part that actually talks about, you know, the city... Um, then I would say just jump right into that book 19 and keep going from there, or even book 20. Uh, and, and then you'll, you'll, you'll get it. I mean, you'll get the cool part about the beard. Um, you know, he, he is so good. I, I lost my quote. Yeah, I had it in front of me, but I'm not going to try and find it now. Uh, he's like, basically, listen, some things are just, you know, obviously on a man's body for no other reason than to make him look beautiful. His nipples and his beard. So I'm like, that is so cool. Augustine said it's got to be true, right? Um, okay, then you have uh, this glorious ending. And so I want to go ahead and uh, read that to you. He says, Certainly that city, talking about the glorious city of God now at the end, certainly that city shall have no greater joy than the celebration of the grace of Christ, who redeemed us by his blood. There shall be accomplished the words of the psalm, Be still, and know that I am God. There shall be the great Sabbath, which has no evening, which God celebrated among his first works, as it is written. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it, he had rested from all his work, which God began to make. So you see all the Kleinian stuff coming through there, you know, in a very anachronized sense. Um, For we shall ourselves be the seventh day when we shall be filled and replenished with God's blessing and sanctification. There shall we be still and know that he is God, that he is that which we ourselves aspired to be when we fell away from him and listened to the voice of the seducer. Ye shall be as God's. And so abandoned God, who would have made us as gods, not by deserting him, but by participating in him. For without him, 
What have we accomplished save to perish in his anger? But when we are restored by him and perfected with greater grace, we shall have eternal leisure to see that he is God. For we shall be full of him when he shall be all in all. For even our good works, when they are understood to be rather his than ours, are imputed to us that we may enjoy this Sabbath rest. I mean, how profound is that? Amazing. Uh, He continues, For if we attribute them to ourselves, they shall be servile. For it is said of the Sabbath, Ye shall do no servile work in it. Wherefore also it is said by Ezekiel the prophet, And I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctify them. This knowledge shall be uh, perfected when we shall be perfectly at rest and uh, and shall perfectly know that He is God. Oh, I love that. I mean, that is just everything the Sabbath is supposed to be expounded as. So that's great. Um, one to skip a few, and let's go down this. After this period, God shall rest as on the seventh day, when he shall give us, who shall be the seventh day, rest in himself. But there is not now space to treat of these uh, ages. And he's just gone on this thing about the five ages, which is kind of interesting. But uh, suffice it to say, that the seventh shall be our Sabbath, which shall be brought to a close, not by an evening, but by the Lord's day, as an eighth and eternal day, consecrated by the resurrection of Christ, and prefiguring eternal repose, not only of the spirit, but also of the body. There we shall rest and see, see and love, love and praise. This is what shall be in the end, without end. For what other end do we propose to ourselves than to attain to the kingdom of which there is no end? And then, (laughs) I love the way he ends. I think I have now, by God's help, discharged my obligation in writing this large work. Let those who think I have said too little, or those who think I have said too much, forgive me. And let those who think I have said just enough, join me in giving thanks to God. Amen. So, oh man, beautiful, beautiful end. And uh, hopefully, even though that's kind of a spoiler, um, it's not really because it's one of those endings you want to reread and reread and reread and uh, you will only gain by uh, reading the book and getting to that end. And it is quite a famous ending after all. So, you know, there's a little taster for you and um, trust that even if you're not interested in reading through Augustine, that's just something to edify you in terms of uh, Meredith Monday or a um, Two Kingdom Tuesday soundbite, sound at least. Uh, man, it's all about the Sabbath, right? Crowning point of theology, uh, the gospel itself. And I love the little eighth day John Gill vibes going on there, but um, we've said uh, stuff about that before, and uh, I think I will just leave it, lest this turns into another, another thing entirely. Um, but hey, that's Two Kingdom Tuesday. Stay with us for the rest of this week. Um, not quite as many coming up, uh, but... I'm hanging out with my brother tomorrow, and we'll probably uh, drop that on Thursday, and then we got one more for you in the week. Trust you enjoy those. Uh, Otherwise, hope you're doing well, and uh, I'll catch you on the flip side. (music) 